It is an honor to be here at Good News. Um, thank y'all for having me. Sorry that it's under such um, circumstances, but we can celebrate because we know where uh, Matt's mom is. She's with the Lord, so we can celebrate that. Uh, when Pastor Susie called me and, um, you know, she, she asked if I could come and speak, I didn't hesitate. You know, it, it was one of those times where when certain people call, you just move. And the reason that I felt that way is because of how we have been treated here by good news. Even before we brought the river here, um, everyone may not know this, but when we started our ministry, I quit my job and I took a job uh, cleaning churches. And this was one of the churches that I used to clean. And so I was able to come into the doors here without anyone knowing who I was. And I got to really see how they treat people here. Not just ministers or preachers, but I was able to, to see how everyone treated me. And I'm going to tell you, you, have, you are very blessed to have the leadership that you have here. They are the real deal, and um, you can follow them. I know this, um, Pastor Matt, I've met with him several times, and I can tell you exactly what he's after. He's after whatever the Lord wants. And he is praying and hearing the Lord and... Um, I believe that God is trying to do something new in the earth. He's trying to do something new in our city. And we, you know, we always quote the scriptures, you know, God's doing something new. He's doing something new. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Until he actually tells us to do something new. And then we're all like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. We've never done that before. I don't know about that one. So, um, you know, we were meeting the other day and we were talking about unity in the body and unity amongst churches, and that's very hard uh, for some reason. But one of the things that I said to Pastor Matt was, we're already doing it. We're already unified. The way that he allows us to come in here and use the building on Friday nights and opens it up as, and just basically lets us have our, our uh, way with the whole building, which is kind of scary if, if you know the details of our ministry. I see we all laughed, but um, you got to have faith to let us in here and have free reign. So I just want to say y'all are blessed to have the pastors that you have. Now, before I go into my message, I just want to give a little warning, if I can first. All right, I, um, I grew up playing sports, and I kind of have a coach's mentality. That's kind of the way I preach. All right, you ever seen the movie Facing the Giants? I think, all right, uh, we're at the football team, right? And the coach gets the guy out on the field and he says, I believe you can crab walk, you know, 20 yards. And he said, no, I can't do it. And he blindfolds him. And then what's he do? He starts screaming at him. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. And he starts challenging him and he ends up crab walking the whole football field. But it was because he had someone motivating him speaking to him and challenging him and so this is kind of my way of preaching and I was contemplating of whether or not I should do that today but as I was sitting in the office um, just meditating and you know communing with the Lord Pastor Matt texted me and he said don't hold back this morning so I took that as an answered prayer so um God spoke clearly. All right, so we're amongst family, we're amongst friends, and um, I, I, I don't want you to 
Anyway, it doesn't matter how you feel. He told me not to hold back. All right. So I, I want to I challenge you to um, think about something. I'm going to talk about faith today. I'm going to talk about the faith of Abraham, who is the father of our faith. But I, I want to ask you something. Who has your ear? Who's talking to you? And who are you listening to? There are many things going on. And there are many different voices that we're all hearing. But only one's going to have your ear. Okay, and what do I mean by that? The one you're listening to, the one that's getting through. You know, as I was coming in here, you know, my way of doing things is I study, I study, I study. I read, I read, I read. And then I say, God, what do you want me to speak on? And there's several different ways he does it with me. Sometimes he'll let me write a whole outline out. And I just have point by point by point and I can go through all of it. Sometimes he won't give me anything. And he just says, you're going to have to trust me. And when you get the mic in your hand, I'll give you something. Sometimes he gives me a subject and I have three points. And I'll just get on one and I'll just talk until he stops giving me anything. And then I'll jump on the next one. Same way. And um, today he gave me a whole outline, but then... He basically, on the way here, told me to put that to the side and don't worry about any of that. And to just get up here and speak from the heart. Now, when I was sitting in the office, you know, at the river, we, we just flow with it. It's like everything's about flowing with the Lord. That's what the river is about, our church. It's about being abandoned to the Holy Spirit, letting him lead, you not leading, you just surrendering everything. And so we don't, we're not very organized. Uh, we just roll with it. And so when I get in an environment where it's, Organized, I'm like, oh no, what do I do? I'm not used to operating this way. And um, I was asked in the back, what is the message of your title today? And I was like, oh, I don't have a title, but the Lord gave me something. And so I read what I had and came in here and I'm all worried about it because now I'm thinking about what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, dang, I'm I'm not even going to talk about that. Why did I give him that title? I wasn't prepared to give a title. And the Lord's like, relax. Just relax. Just trust. This isn't about any of that. This is about you having faith in me. Right? See, it's all about having faith and trusting the one who's leading. Who am I listening to? Because what I was being told was, oh, you're going to look stupid. You don't have a message. Now you got to preach something that according to the message that you gave him the title was. When now you're going off on another Right. And so I was sitting there. I was like, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to trust God. It doesn't matter what's on the screen. I don't have to preach that even if it's up there. Right. Do you see how like something is battling for my ear as I'm sitting right there? And I said, God, I don't care about that message and what I said. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to get up there and say whatever you tell me to say. If it's only for one person, I'm going to say whatever you want me to say. Because Jesus left the 99 for the one. I'll preach a message in here if it's only for one. And so I'm sitting there and I made that decision. I'm not going to listen to that lying voice in my ear telling me to worry. And then the brother comes down and he says, what was the name of that message again? (laughs) Do over. Who's got your ear? You see how it works? I could have easily listened to that nagging voice in my ear that had me worried about me. 
Or I can choose to focus on what matters, which is God and what he's saying. Abraham is the father of the faith. And he was told to pick up everything and go. But he wasn't told where to go. He was just told to go. In the going, God began to do something. Do you know that we are supposed to be the light of the world? The salt of the earth. The earth, the people, everyone we encounter should look to us reflecting God. But I I feel like a lot of times that's not the case. Because we often look the same way that the world does in the midst of a storm. That shouldn't be. We should be so rooted in Christ and so grounded in him that when a problem comes, it hits us and we might tremble a little, but we should look totally different than the world. I love what the brother here said. He said he's, he's dealing with real world problems. Has the baby coming? But something is fighting to get his ear. But he knows what to do with it. He knows how to fight back. He's getting in the word and he's speaking the word back. And despite how he feels, he's standing on the word. I want to commend you, brother, for doing that. We all should know how to do that as believers. We should walk in authority and we should walk in power. No matter what the world throws of us because we have a hope that cannot be shaken. No matter what's going on in our life, we should have joy. We should have faith. Despite the delay. And there's the title to the other message, so I did get it out. Faith despite delay. Can you have faith despite God not moving? Can you have faith when he is quiet, when he's not saying anything? See, we've been looking for property for Catherine's Way, our women's ministry. We've been looking for property for three years with no money. (laughs) God told me, he said, go look for property. I'm like, God, we we don't have any money. Why would I look for property? And then he got quiet. See, he's not going to answer the second question if I refuse to obey what he told me first. See, he's telling me to go look for property before we have money. I'm saying why, and then he's quiet. Because I'm in disobedience when I refuse to go look for property without money. Are you willing to obey when it doesn't make sense? Are you willing to obey when it doesn't feel good? We have to be willing to obey realizing that we're probably not going to understand until we get to moving like Abraham did. See, Abraham was told to go. He didn't know where he was going. It was in the moving that he found out where he was supposed to be. Fast forward three years later, we're still looking for land. But see, what I'm realizing in this, and by the way, we've had donors come forward. Now we do have some money now. So now we're looking for land with money, but now I can't find land. So I've been looking for land with no money, finally get some money. Now I can't find the land that we need. Everywhere we go, it's like the neighbors don't want us around. Uh, The county won't permit us to be in this area. There's not proper zoning or there's not enough land or they want too much money for that piece of land. So we have to get all these little things in order for us to find the right place. And in this process, something is trying to get my ear. Something is trying to get me frustrated. Something's trying to get me into doubt. But I have to pay attention to who all is talking to me. Because my flesh is talking. 
The world is talking, the demonic is talking, and God is talking. I have to make sure that none of the others get my ear, but only God. And that he's the one who speaks to me and tells me what to do. And so we're looking for property, and the other day the Lord spoke to me about this, and he said, maybe it's not about the property... Because see, when you get property or when you get materials in your hand, it often brings a sense of security. You feel safer when you're in your own thing. If you have your own piece of land, it's like, no one can make me get off of this. No one can move me. See, we've been floating around the river. Our church has been floating around to different church buildings. Our ministry headquarters is over on Ingleside Drive and we're renting that building and the neighbors want us to get out of that building. We've actually been on the news a couple times in the last month of the neighbors trying to push us out because they don't like the people that we're gathering. And what this does is it brings a sense of insecurity. It brings a sense of, it, it brings fear. And so God told me that he said, why are you looking for a piece of property? Is it because it will make you feel secure? When you're supposed to be looking to me for security. Now there's a reason he hadn't given me the land yet. Perhaps the reason is because he doesn't want me relying on what he's given me more than him. Do we want the blessing more than him? Do we want to feel good over being obedient? You know, someone asked me the other day, a local politician texted me and said, um, you must be getting frustrated over this whole problem with the land. And I said, well, I'm learning. I think the problem is um, God's trying to teach me something. And I'm obviously a slow learner. But in the process, God is doing something in you. Never, never stray away from the process. God is more concerned with the journey than the destination. So what is your struggle that you're going through? We've all got one. Is it, is it a career? Is it a job? Is it a family member? Is it sickness? Is it whatever it is? The journeys often look the same, even though the destinations are different. The journey is often about getting you to get your focus off of the problem and onto God. That's what the journey is about. And the sooner you can learn to get your focus off of the problem and onto God, you will then be qualified to move on through that problem. Moses, I mean, this is what happened when they went into the wilderness. He was constantly telling them all through the wilderness to look to the promised land and what was coming. But because they could not get this in them, they lived and died in the wilderness. I believe that most Christians, as sad as this is to say, live and die in the wilderness, never realizing what all is promised to them can actually be obtained. And so we live in this constant state of focusing on the problems rather than focusing on God and the promise. And so we end up never actually obtaining all that God has promised is ours. We are not supposed to be um, living and going to work just to pay bills and then die. You were not born just to live and work and pay bills and die. Like you were called to rule and reign in the earth. 
Like the Holy Spirit who hung the stars in the sky and keeps them there lives inside of you if you're a believer. Your life is not supposed to be boring. It's not supposed to, you're not supposed to wake up and say, oh, it's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. I got to go to work. It's Monday. I love Mondays. You know why I love Mondays? Because I get to go meet with my team and we get to figure out how we're going to stomp the devil out this week. Seriously. We have Monday morning meetings. We're excited about Monday. Listen, if you wake up and you're not excited about Monday, you need to get a new thing that's going on on Monday. Maybe a job. Maybe you need to get a new job. Maybe you need to quit your job. Oh, that's... I tell my people all the time, quit your job. If you hate it, quit. And that's like, oh no, well what am I going to do to pay my bills? Rely on God. Oh, that's a scary thing there. Do you really think that a loving father would want you to wake up and go to a job that you hate every day for 20 years? You really think a loving father would want that from you? I tell you this, if he wants you to stay at the job, he'll give you joy while you're there. Now, if you hate your job and you're not following God, don't go quit, because that word wasn't for you. All right? This is for people who are following God. Some of y'all sit next to somebody and they're like, oh, Lord, they're going to quit their job. This is for people who are sold out to God. Not for people who are making excuses because they don't want to work. All right, God, look at all the people he got. Look at all the people God called. Almost every single one of them, he got them while they were working. You never see God use a lazy man, ever. All right, but what I am challenging you, I'm challenging you, I'm challenging your thinking. You know, I don't think God wants us in a place of being miserable and defeated on a constant basis. But far too often, we're so connected to what's supplying money for us that we let that tie us down to be miserable because we're not trusting God to provide. You know, how many of you right now have to have God move in your life for something to take place? Like, okay. How many of us only see a miracle when there's sickness? We only see a miracle when some outside circumstance comes into our life and now we're forced to rely on God to see a miracle. Most of the time, that's the only time a Christian will see a miracle. I believe that as believers in Christ, we are supposed to intentionally position ourselves where the only way it can work out is if God comes through. But see, that's, that's, that's crazy thinking. Like, where in your life are you positioning yourself? Now, now, now remember, this is for people who are sold out to God. This is not being um, reckless or being lazy. This is people who are seeking God. This is people who have a devotional life with God. These are people who want everything that God wants for them. They're chasing after him. They're like, God, whatever your will is for my life, I want it. This is for you. What are you doing in your life where you're positioning yourself where God has to come through? I believe this is what God wants from us. 
Our ministry, we're all about that. This is what we teach our people. To constantly seek God, have a flourishing devotional life, have a, have a flourishing prayer life, worship life. We encourage our people to minister on the streets everywhere they go. But most of all, what we want is for our people to abandon themselves to the Holy Spirit. Now, how can we do this if we don't know his voice? We can't. All right. So what we have to do is we have to get in a place where we can hear him first. We have to get in a place where we can hear him. Now, how can you get into a place where you can hear him? First of all, you need to know how he talks. You need to know the word. But a lot of times he will speak to you outside of the word. It'll never contradict the word, but he will speak to you outside of the word in your regular daily lives. Okay, he will tell you to do things that you don't want to do. Like be nice. Oh, that was for me. Pray for your enemies. Don't listen to that nagging spirit in your ear that's telling you to doubt and give up and quit. Or perhaps he'll do something like tell you to go buy lunch for someone. Or perhaps they'll tell you to pick up a piece of trash off the ground that you didn't throw down. And I share mine all the time. Mine was cleaning up the bathroom at the public Walmart. So I would go into the bathroom and there'd be trash everywhere. And God would speak to me and say, clean the bathroom. I'm like, no, I'm not cleaning this bathroom. This is filthy. What are you talking about cleaning the bathroom? But I would walk out of the bathroom and it would get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you ever know you're supposed to do something? And so finally I just give up and go back and clean the bathroom. And so I would do this and then he would tell me to put up grocery carts. So I would be in the rain putting up grocery carts while my wife is in the car thinking I'm crazy. But what happened is God began to speak to me this way and I began to obey and his voice began to get louder. See, I believe that God has called every single one of his children to do amazing things in the earth. But before you'll find out what the amazing thing is, he's going to tell you to do something that's very plain and very easy. And if you will not obey the little thing, he'll never tell you the big thing. And so for months, I mean, probably years, I put grocery carts up because every time I walk by one, you know, that's on the curb. God's like, put it up. Now all my people put grocery carts up. (laughs) Walmart employees love to see us show up. But see, what happened is when God told me to quit my career at State Farm, I knew it was him speaking to me because for years I had been cleaning public bathrooms for free and I had been putting up grocery carts. He spoke to me on the little things. Jesus says, if you're not faithful in the small things, you'll never be faithful in the big things. And so then with God's sense of humor, he gave me a job cleaning bathrooms, (laughs) cleaning churches here. But you know, during this time, God was speaking to me about starting a ministry and It was cleaning these halls and vacuuming in here and cleaning these toilets that I learned the direction that our ministry would go. And now, fast forward three years later, it's flourishing and I'm actually preaching in the very church that I used to clean. You see, like all of this stuff is not going to make sense in the beginning. Like, 
Why would God ever tell you to quit your job at State Farm to go clean bathrooms at night? Like, it's not going to make sense in the beginning. It's going to take faith. And let me tell you, when you start to operate and move in faith, it will build up something inside of you that is, I mean, it's like you will begin to trust God so much when you see him come through that you will intentionally look for places where you can trust God. And you will intentionally try to box yourself in to where it's like, God, you got to come through now. We were in Africa a few years ago. And um, I got a couple of words not to go. A couple of prophetic words. And it was from people I trusted. One of them was, um, she said she saw a, a green light, a yellow light, and a red light. Saying you're supposed to go, but caution, this ain't your time to go. Red light, don't go this time. And uh, we went and had pastors pray for us and for the trip. And um, one of the pastors prayed, and as he started praying, he stopped and looked up at us, and he was like, I don't know about this trip. And so I was very scared to go, but I know the Lord told me to go. And um, I would have never known his voice if I had not obeyed him in the small things. I cannot stress to you how much it's important to obey in the very, very small things. Because he's not going to tell you the big things until you're faithful in obeying the small things. So we end up going to Africa. First week, we go to Heidi Baker's orphanage in Mozambique. And the first day we're there, we find out that the um, African wing of, of ISIS has raided a village an hour above us and killed people. And those people in her ministry were coming down and they were, um, they actually came in and stayed in the room next to us that day. So I'm thinking, oh no, those prophecies were right. I shouldn't have come. But, but I knew God told me to go. So it was like, who's had my ear? Who was I going to listen to? Fear or God? Fear or God? Fear or faith? And so long story short, a couple weeks into the trip, I was invited to go on an outreach in the bush bush and went six hours out into the bush to the actually the furthest village that they went to. And while we were setting up and we were walking down to the, we got there at, in, at dusk and it was starting to get dark and we were walking through the village and they were setting up a, a screen to show a Jesus movie in their native language. And we're walking down there. And by the way, I don't know anyone in this team that we're with except for the two people that went with me. And we're walking down, and there's a Mozambique leader, an a, a English-speaking leader, and there um, are missionaries, you know, short-term, and then there are Mozambican men and women who are training to be pastors. And we are all the group that go to this village. Well, the English-speaking leader comes to me and says, I prayed about who's supposed to speak tonight about Jesus, and he said you. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, here I am way out in the bush and I get to speak. And we're standing there as they're setting up. And um, we go into the village and you can feel it's a very, it's not welcoming. It's demonic. And you can see that there are lots of uh, women and, and men who have on the Muslim, um, you know, garbs and stuff. And so we're standing there. And, and by the way, it's totally different there. It's not. It's not like it's. They're friendly, I'll just say. Like, on the streets, they're friendly. It's not, you know, 
automatic. Oh, no, they're enemies. But as we're sitting there, there was a, a young lady beside me and this group of guys came up to her and they start talking, you know, and I could tell it wasn't a real good. It was a, hey, how are you doing? You know, and a translator comes up to me and he said, be careful here. They behead people. So now we're in this village. ISIS has come down. First day there. I'm six hours out in the bush. There's all kind of people around. It feels, you know, Muslim people around feels demonic. They behead people here. And I'm asked to share the gospel. And I have all these words that were spoken over me about not going. And I think, okay, this is it. This is why I wasn't supposed to come. And I had a moment there where I could trust God or not. And I chose to trust God, got up, preached the gospel, shared my testimony. It was all good. Went back to my tent that night. And all night I was just expecting to get like drug out of my tent, you know. But it didn't happen. I came back to the States with a newfound faith, not only in God, but in my own faith. You know, like your faith, when you step out and trust God, it not only does something between you and God, but it does something between you and you. Does that make sense? Like when you actually move in faith and you, you actually trust God and you see like it rises, it makes your faith rise. But not only that, it's not just for you and it's not just for God, but it's for all the people around you. Like your faith Whatever God's calling you to do that's bigger than you, it's not just about you. It's about everybody around you as well. Like, you're supposed to be walking in power. All of us are. We're supposed to be walking in victory. And everybody around us is supposed to see that because it makes their faith rise too. You know, I think about Peter walking on water. Peter, James, and John, you read in the Gospels, they were often called to the side and Jesus would tell them things that he didn't tell everybody else. He would show them things, the Mount of Transfiguration, raising, you know, dead people, all these things that these three only got to see. But when it was time for Peter to walk on the water, do you notice that Jesus made sure all the disciples saw it? Like he walked on water in front of everybody. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to see one of their own do what he did. See, it's one thing to see God walk on water. It's another thing to see you do it. See, if I see you walk on water, I see you operate in faith. It causes me to say, if you can do it, I can do it. My faith rises. And I begin to trust God for the miraculous too. So don't think that your faith is just about you. Maybe you're going to have to walk and trust God alone for a season without anyone helping you or surrounding you and encouraging you. Because if you do it alone for a season, the next thing that's going to happen is the people around you is going to, are going to watch you come out on the other side in victory, and it's going to make their faith rise too. But you can't do that unless you focus in and hone in on who's talking to you and who has your ear. So I want to I ask you to look within yourself and pay attention to the voices that you're hearing. Easy to spot the enemy's voice. 
Fear, doubt, confusion. Always the enemy. Anytime you hear fear, doubt, confusion, you know who's talking. Do not listen. Instead, you recognize that and you rebuke it and then you seek God and you ask what is God saying. Sometimes he's not going to say anything and it's going to be silent. If that goes on, here's what you do. What was the last thing he said? Check with what's the last thing he said. If you don't know, get in the word. How do you know God's speaking? Peace, comfort, joy. Peace, comfort, joy is the voice of the Lord. Fear, doubt, confusion, the voice of the enemy. Who are we listening to? There's an entire world out there that we are going to encounter this week. All right? Every person you pass is an opportunity to shed the light, to share the light, to reflect the light of God. Every person you pass, when you go into the grocery store, think about this. Every time you go into the grocery store, how many people do you pass? Can God speak to you and get you to talk to one of them if he's trying to get to them? Or does he have to use someone else? Like, our faith is not about us once we come into the kingdom. It's not just about us. It's about everybody that's around us. I like to say our faith is not about um, us and him. It's about him and them. And he's trying to use us to be his hands and feet in the earth. So where is God using you? If the only place he's using you is here, that's very sad. And if he's not using you at all, that's even worse. You have the spirit of the living God inside of you if you're in Christ. You are supposed to be a weapon in the hand of God. Make sure that your focus doesn't become solely on yourself. You know what depression is, don't you? Inward focus. That's it. The greatest medicine for depression is to serve somebody else. Make your life about the next person. So what are you doing for God? Here's my challenge for you. What are you doing for God and who are you listening to? What are you as an individual doing for the Lord? And if you're not doing anything, find out why. And I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about what is the Lord speaking to you as an individual asking you to do for him? Do you even know? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and another they will not listen to. What's God speaking to you? Maybe it's your job site. Maybe it's your work environment. Maybe you're supposed to be the light in there. Of course, it's supposed to be your family. But what is God specifically calling you to do? I can promise you this. He wants to include you in his work here in the earth. He wants to include every one of his children.
But if we don't answer the call, what will happen is he will use someone else. He will. Because he's going to get his work done. Don't you want to be part of that? Like in this city. You know, I hear Pastor Matt told me y'all shut down the Wednesday night service. Is that correct? Isn't that what y'all closed the Wednesday night service and y'all are having discipleship training to go out into the city? Do you know how awesome that is? Do you know how much faith that took for him to do that? 25 years he's been in ministry, right? And he shut down his Wednesday night service. That was an act of faith. But the reason he did it is because he's hearing God. And what God is saying is, this ain't it no more. This is not it, y'all. This is where we come and get equipped to go out there and stomp the devil out. It's not about church. I preach this all the time. It's no, look, church, is, church as we know it, God's moved on from that. It's not just about coming and hearing a message and getting the seed in our pocket and collecting seeds and going out and doing nothing. He's calling us to move now. Every single one of us, we're in an army. You know the song that we always sing, there's an army rising up? And we're like, oh yeah, there's an army rising up. But then we don't go fight. I believe we're part of what God's doing new in the city and in the earth. And I pray that you will get fully involved and that you will sell out to the vision that Pastor Matt has. Because I believe it's the heart of God. It's not about us coming and sitting in a building anymore. Jesus said, he said, who lights a a lamp and then sets it under a basket? But isn't that what we do every Sunday? Like we light our lamps and we bring our Christianity in here and we're praising God and hallelujah and in here and all that. But then we go out there and we don't do anything. Isn't that taking your light and putting it under a basket? And make sure you blow it out for you and leave the parking lot. We're called to shift every environment we enter into. Every environment you go into, you're called to shift it for the kingdom of God. And I understand a lot of us don't know how to do that. That's why y'all have the classes on Wednesday night. And it's going to be scary. All right? I'll be in the grocery store and God will say pray for them I'm like no no God I'll pray for them from here and he's like no pray with them I'm like no I'm not going to pray with them but after I wrestle back and forth with him a little bit I know I need to pray for them because he's not going to leave me alone if I don't and then I'll leave and feel worse so I'm like okay God Hey, can I pray with you? Yes, please. My husband's sick. You know, and you find these moments where God uses you to reach someone else. And look, people don't know God's not mad. People don't know that. If he was mad, we wouldn't be here. So he's calling us to do something. He's calling us to be his hands and feet. You know, we live in a time where his grace is here. Everybody can come to him now through Christ. It's our job to let everybody know that. You know how many people grew up in church where 
They were taught that God is like looking for them to get it wrong so he can. It's our job to go out to the earth and everywhere we go to impact people for the kingdom of God so that they can come and find out that there's grace available. It's not the preacher's job. It's the preacher's job to equip you for you to do the work. Did you know that? Y'all are the ones that are supposed to do all the work. Well, not all of it, but most of it. Because this is the thing. The preacher, like, the preacher is the one that everybody's looking to, but all y'all are undercover. Like, y'all are sent out on the battlefield undercover. They don't even know you're coming. I mean, just think about it. You're at work, and you get to hear everything they say. You get to hear all the problems. And then you get to slide in there and just hit them with the the hope of the Lord. I pray, y'all. I pray that y'all will rise up and be part. I don't know. Everybody in here might be part of the Wednesday night. If, if you all are, I mean, this is a word of encouragement. But if you aren't, please, y'all, y'all need to get involved with this. Or you're going to get, I mean, you're going to miss out. How many churches are actually praying to God and saying, God, what are you trying to do in the earth? I can tell you, it's not have church. If half church would change this city, this city would be changed. There's thousands of people in church this morning. The way God's going to change the city is we're going to go out and do something different. But it's going to take faith. It's going to take you getting uncomfortable. It's going to take you learning who's talking to you. And it's going to take you ignoring the wrong voice and listening to the right one. And if you do that, what's going to happen is you're going to see that God's talking to you and God's trying to use you. And what's going to happen is, man, your life's going to get real fun. I promise you, being a Christian, that should be the, I mean, it should be, it's an amazing journey to be an on fire Christian abandoned to the Lord. You wake up and you don't ever know what's coming, but you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to work out for you. I pray if your life is mediocre, that you will examine why. If you wake up every morning and you're like, oh, no, life. I pray that you will examine why. God wants more for you than mediocrity. Is that how you say that word? Mediocrity. He wants amazing things for you. But it's going to take you being part of it. Like you're going to have to surrender some things. You're going to have to be willing to get uncomfortable. God never called anybody to be comfortable. He told us to pick up a cross and carry it. That cross ain't comfortable. But he promises that he'll carry the heavy end. So I I, I really, really hope that y'all will recognize what you have here. And what God is doing, not just in this ministry and not just with this church, but with you as an individual. He wants great things for you. He wants to use you. And he wants to bless you. He promises us an inheritance. But the only way you can gain an inheritance is you have to grow up. You can look at the, you know, the, the, um, 
royal family in England. They may have a child that's three years old, that his inheritance is the entire royal army. But he'll never gain access to it until he reaches what? An age of maturity. I can have an entire you know, gun collection that I'm going to give to my son, but I'll never let him touch it until I know that it won't hurt him and he won't use it to hurt other people. There is an inheritance that has been given to all of us through Christ. He paid the price. It's here. It's ready. It can be obtained. But the only way you're going to get every single thing that God has for you is you have to grow up spiritually. And what that looks like is trusting God. Learning his voice and being willing to obey no matter what he says. Learning who you are. And spreading the message to others. And when you begin to do that, you'll begin to gain an inheritance that you never dreamed possible. And it's not financial, though sometimes it is. It's not physical. It's in the spirit realm. And it comes with things like peace. And joy. And contentment. And gratitude. Thankfulness. Things that you can't put a price on. I pray that you will think about some of the things that I said today and um, that you will seek the Lord and that you'll let him have all of you. Because I promise if you'll do that, he will lead you into a place that um, is greater than you ever imagined. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today, God. I thank you for the opportunity to come today and share. Lord, I know this faith, faith walk, it's not always easy because things don't often make sense. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But Lord, if we will press into you and learn to trust and learn to let go, what we will find is that, man, we should have done it way sooner. So Lord, I thank you for this body and I thank you for the leaders here. I thank you that they're listening to you. And Lord, I just ask for an increase in our faith, God, all of us, wherever we are, Lord, that you will help us exercise that measure of faith that you've given us, that it may grow, that we will be able to hear you clearly and go out and do whatever it is that you're telling us to do so that you will get glory in the earth, that more people will learn about you and more people will come to you. Lord, we thank you for these things. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.